Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Untitled Gadget Podcast. This is your host Dhruv with Akshay and Harish, and um, it's a bright and sunny Sunday morning, and we're here to talk tech. It's actually a little too early. I've got my coffee ready. Akshay has too. And what about you, Harish? I don't drink any coffee, so um, I've got my raw juice thingy going on. So yay, dude! What keeps you up at night? how do you even wake up oh i've been conditioned from like a really young age to get up at 5 because all we care about down south is getting into iits so i've ha- i've got like i think i used to go to my tuition at like 5:30 or something in the morning daily so i'm used to it god damn how did that work out for you did you make it to iit no but i get up early today uh, every day and then start work before everyone else so yeah got something out of it works out Yeah, I can't start my day without a cup of coffee. Yeah. All right, let's get started. So we've got a fairly packed schedule this week and um you know what? Let's start off with the brief quiz that we did last weekend uh to figure out the pricings of the IQ or EQ3. Uh we've got our reviews and impressions out, so we'll drop links for that in the comment section below. uh but uh, for now let's let's get let's figure out who got closest to the price oh yeah this is the impromptu quiz that i did last time right so two phones launched this week and uh, i think i have the the answers from the three of us here let's see who is closest to the the price that was actually revealed so for the realme x50 pro harish said that it would cost rupees 48999 Drew said forty five triple nine, and I said forty seven triple nine. Right, and the damn thing yeah. ended up costing thirty seven nine nine nine. So we were all completely off base. I think, over there. I think we were. I think we were trying to figure out the price of the top model, right? Sure. Let's let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll say face and say yeah, yeah. I was talking about the twelve G. So how much was the top model for? Forty four. Forty four. Forty five. Yeah, forty-seven. No, forty-four nine hundred. Yeah, forty-four nine nine nine. So for the X fifty, I think Drew has won it because he was the closest. Closest. Ooh. He said forty-five triple nine. So ten points for him. And uh, the other phone that launched was the iQOO three, and I think Harish said forty-five. Drew said forty-nine, and I also said forty-nine. Right. Yeah. What was the price? And this thing was even more affordable. It's like thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, going by that, I think Harish was the closest. So he he said forty-five. So he gets the ten points. So both of you have ten points. Yeah, and I lost. He's talking ten points. Yeah, Woo-hoo. I lost all of it. Uh, but now that we're on the on the topic, um, what do you guys think about the IQ three? Like my review kind of panned it. It's it's got the processor. But that's it. Like, there's nothing else that's really going for it. What did you guys think about it? I mean, unless you're a Virat Kohli fan, I don't think anybody should buy this phone because the Realme X50 launched at the same time. And why would anybody buy a no-name brand now when it's not proven? When there's like another phone that has the same hardware and costs just one thousand more. Yeah, and like one, and the next OnePlus should also be. Not too far off, so you know that's another one to watch out for. Uh, There we go with OnePlus again. 
there we go with one plus again the untitled one plus podcast <laughs> but um you know like that kind of builds up on the conversation we were having last week that like the parent company and vivo they've been able to uh, really bulldoze their way through marketing uh, just you know uh, offline marketing brand sponsorships uh, i'm i'm assuming to a certain degree they would want to replicate that with this phone as well and especially that's quite obvious with their partnership with virat kohli but the device is pretty average there seems to be little to no buzz about it in the market and there's really really good competition at the same price point so what do you guys think like is it even feasible for them at this point i used the phone for let's say maybe 2 days uh not that much because uh my colleague was uh, supposed to review it but in those 2 days i actually did not like the phone that much i didn't like the camera that much uh it was too heavy for me and uh, i mean gaming is great on the on that phone because of the capacitive buttons but that's about it um in in my opinion the phone needs to be just more than specifications and i think that's true for any phone and uh, in the case of iQ3 they really need to work on the software front otherwise i don't think it's going to um sustain itself you know in in the coming years yeah there's really nothing differentiating it what do you say harish yeah i i agree with the differentiation i mean when you're buying a phone that costs this much in 2020 you need something i mean you need some sort of a pull right and what is the pull with the iQ um if you're looking for clean software realme has that now with its own ui um if you want hardware you can get the same hardware on other phones so i don't know what actually sets it apart because it's not even the camera right the camera on the iq is okay it's not even as good as what you get with other phones in this segment so there's there's nothing to draw somebody to this brand and i i don't know what the strategy will be for this because it launched at the same time as the realme and as you said the oneplus will be coming a few weeks or a month or so down the line so i i don't understand where this is targeting probably we could see it make an offline play because usually most of bbk's premium brands are focused on the online segment so it could be a scenario where this is targeted more at tier 2 or tier 3 towns but then again is there a market for such a high end device in those segments in those towns and cities i don't think so yeah exactly you know that's that once again like we're building off the same conversation we had last week but you're right it's a 37000 plus uh phone and uh, one the those air triggers while they're nice to have they're certainly not enough of a draw to convince somebody to drop down that much cash on a absolutely brand new entity and honestly tier 2 tier 3 india they're all looking for value that's actually the case for urban in india as well and i'm not really sure if this phone has anything that really sets it apart But you know what surprised me was the price of the phone. I was expecting since it had an A sixty five chipset, mm-hmm. I expected it to be a little bit more expensive because that's what everyone was projecting. But uh, they came out with thirty seven, the price, yeah, which yeah. is which was quite shocking to me. I thought it would be at least forty thousand bucks in India, and thirty seven thousand is not bad for a five G phone. That's actually quite intriguing. Um, that so we've all been led to believe that Snapdragon eight sixty five phones are going to be more expensive. Yeah. but it as it turns out they're not necessarily more expensive 
but that's the but, problem right i i don't know how these guys are making any money off these phones because i was talking to a few analyst friends when the 865 came out and qualcomm said oh yeah everyone needs to have this 5g modem for connectivity and we were all assuming that anything that had the 865 and that x55 5g modem will obviously cost more than 45000 anything under that i don't understand how or even if they're making any money off of it and honestly there's another thing that i'm not really understanding so the modem is built in to the chip it's got 5g support so what the heck are these 4g models that they're pushing out and it's not as if they're realistically saving any any uh, r&d cost uh, the the chipset supports 5g So uh, I mean what are they cutting down on to bring down the cost and fairly drastically too Yeah it is particularly dumb so what IQ did with the 4G variant is it has the X55 modem on there and it's basically just not it's basically just getting rid of the 5G bands on it because the 865 on its own doesn't have any modem doesn't have any cellular connectivity So IQ has the 5G modem on its phone on the 4G variant as well but instead of enabling access to all the bands all the 5G and 4G bands now you only get access to the 4G bands it's not like it doesn't have that modem at all because without the modem the phone does not work so it has that 5G modem IQ is just not enabling it that's it and I honestly have zero idea as to why that is the case i mean they paid for the part anyway <laughs> yeah but remember harish we were having this conversation earlier in the week and i asked why is iQOO 3 and even the realme x50 pro particularly so heavy and uh, you explained to me that is because of the antennas and the reinforcement it requires uh fine 5g phones are coming and but if they are going to be this heavy i think uh, sure it's the first generation of 5g phones they might improve it in the new future but right now i can't wield this phone uh, i also have the s20 plus you also have it when you compare the two i want a 5g phone that is sleek and light as uh, as a samsung phone although at iQOO 3 and the x50 pro to me felt supremely heavy yeah and that's also down to qualcomm again because 5g relies on sub 6 and millimeter wave um you need to have more antenna for it to pick up signals so these phones have antennas on the sides at the front uh not at the front at the top so now to accommodate all those antennas the midframe is slightly heavier and larger and they need more aluminum or steel in that construction and that midframe itself and the fact that there are more antennas significantly increase the weight and there's another effect of this right because now if you see last year we had all these retractable camera modules and bezel-less designs we won't see any of those this year because with 5g you need those antennas in the location where the more retractable module would have gone so i think we'll see the switch back to this punch hole cutouts and what samsung did with the cutout in the center that sort of thing i think i'll give you a real life example of how heavy this phone is as the other day i was uh, wearing shorts and i had the phone in my pocket and i just got up from my room went to the kitchen to get some water 
uh, by the time I reached my kitchen, the shots were off. It was that heavy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But that's the problem. See, this 5G, I think, so 5G is basically making phone design and every part of what, what we've done, what manufacturers have, have been able to do for the last two, three years, it basically wiped out all of that. Because now if you look at phone designs for 2020, we'll see bulkier phones that are heavier and also designs that are not seamless, right? Because we got all these bezel-less designs last year and we won't have any of that. And that's all because these 5G phones need more modems. Well, they need to to actually work and access 5G networks, but to, but they also need these extra antenna around it. So it's it's a step backwards for sure. And I think it'll take two or three generations for, you know, manufacturers to just get back that finesse. But I'm so bummed by this, though. I love those pop-up uh, camera modules. I just like the fact that you have a completely unobtrusive display. It's This is what I want from a phone. Also, the privacy aspect of it, you know, that there is no app which can literally um, spy on me. Yeah, If they it, can't access your camera. Yeah, because the physical module is hidden behind the display. It has to pop up to see your face. Yeah. So you'll know something nefarious really is happening. I'm really bummed by this. Especially like those uh, OnePlus 8 renders going around. I don't know how r- true they are or they're not. But I think it's a massive step back in terms of design. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. So l- let's move on to the Realme X50 uh You guys have spent a little more time than I have with it. I quite like the design. I generally think that the that Realme is making decent strides and very rapidly too. Uh, quite similar to Xiaomi's um, model, so to speak, but incredibly fast. Uh, what do you guys think about the phone? Uh, so I've been using for a week and I have the S20 as well. I prefer the design of the X50 more than the S20 plus the S20 plus feels like it's kind of got a glass stick finish whereas this has a more premium uh, feel <coughs> to the phone uh, of course it's got the same issue of it being quite heavy but apart from that i actually like the design I'm not a big fan of the pill shaped front facing cameras uh, on the display but apart from these things the design is incredible Uh, a few episodes ago i also mentioned that i like what real realme is doing with their camera and you can see it in this phone as well it's uh, a lot better than what the iq3 is doing i like what uh, the camera can do especially in night mode uh, overall i definitely like this phone i could do without the 5g aspect of it i really don't need 5g on this phone this would have been fine with a 855 plus chipset as well as well for me i would have, i would buy it um and the uh, 65 watt super dark charging is actually incredible i mean i just put it on charge go for a shower and by the time i come back it's fully charged so i really like that i, I think everyone knows how much i love uh, fast charging yeah. i think they should start measuring phone charging times by you know shower times showers <laughs> <laughs> this will charge your phone in the time it takes you to do showers Take- Or yeah, to take I mean, a nice bubble hour, bath. Right? Like you, yeah. go, you do your morning yeah. ritual, take a shower, come back, your phone's uh, fully charged. You know, uh, something you mentioned earlier, and um, I was at a meeting uh, earlier this week, and somebody else also brought this up. It's kind of funny how glastic has become a word now, 
uh and i think samsung started this right yeah how else do you describe something that has glass but feels like plastic or is made of plastic and feels like glass yeah but still it's like a confusing like thing like what what is more is it more plastic is it more glass you don't know just it's a composite fiber that's yeah. what it is yeah, that's try, what we should call it try explaining that to my mother when she if she if she wants to buy well, we we are all technical people here so <laughs> we are all technical gurujis here i think a glass take finish is just something that everyone instantly understand in the head yeah well i like the design of the x50 pro the first thing i thought of when i saw the frosted finish was that oh hey this is just looks just like the oneplus 70 and 70 pro no the oneplus 7 pro certainly feels like it yeah. yeah i like the green whatever they call it variant it looks pretty oh yeah they went with low saturated colors so i have the red one and it is really nice it's not like a deep red uh it's kind of brownish at angles but i really like it it even the green one is quite sexy i mean they try to emulate the iphone 11 color but still i like this color a it's lot actually more. quite nokia as well yeah i like this color a lot I mean, both colors are fantastic. Red, I like to look at, but if I have to buy, I would probably buy green because of the darker tint in the color. So this is what sixty-five, uh, sixty watt, sixty-five, sixty-five watt wide charging. And yeah. um, earlier this week, Vivo brought up sixty watt wireless charging. That's, that's just bonkers. That's that's just. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. That, I, I, I mean, if you go to any room of mine, there's a wireless 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 charger in every room. <laughs> But the maximum it can do is like 15 watts. To have a wireless charger that can do 60 watts, that changes everything. You really don't need a wire charger by a nightstand. You just simply put it up, and it will be charged in I don't know. Let's say an hour, an hour and a half. I don't know. considerably faster than traditional wireless chargers and yeah but crazy. there's one downside to that because 60 watts will only work with one particular phone that they make probably and we'll have to see how it actually works because when <coughs> Xiaomi rolled out the 20 watt wireless charger last year I was so excited and I got it and I put the I think it was with the Mix 3 or the Mi 9 I think it was the Mi 9 so I put the Mi 9 on there and it charged really fast and I was excited but then it doesn't work with any other phone it doesn't work at all or does it work uh, at a slower or the standard charging speed oh oh it's a standard chi charger so it works so if i put the pixel on there it'll charge at 7.5 watts or if i put the s10 or s20 on it'll be at 10 watts I think But to get that twenty watts, it needs to be a Xiaomi. Well, it needs to be just yeah. the Mi Nine. I think this is the same as Oppo and Wop uh, yeah. uh, Charge. You know, like how Oppo licenses out all their uh, charging te- technology to like fourteen companies. I think this is what the same thing is. It's going to only charge uh, the Vivo phone or any the compatible phone at sixty watts, while others would be at fifteen watts. uh i mean i like standards to be universal and, and i think oppo has only the charging speeds working in their favor and all the subsidiaries yeah so i think uh, that's what they're doing here they want I mean, people to get i mean we know tiny. that this is this is what's coming to the next one or two generations of phones across yeah. uh, the bbk group like oneplus 9 will probably have that's i was about to talk no one oneplus 8 pro yeah. is rumored to have wireless charging and it has even 30 watt fast charging uh-huh. wireless unsold uh 
for the people who don't know anything that comes to Vivo or Oppo, it trickles down to the other subsidiary companies and OnePlus is one of them. So now that Vivo has announced it, we can expect some form of fast charging, fast wireless charging on OnePlus phones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I won't hold off for that this year. So OnePlus is very um, cautious when it comes to rolling out new tech and particularly around wireless charging because I've been talking about this with them for, I don't know, three years now and they've always wanted to strike the balance between offering charging that's as fast as as their wired solution but they also want our cognizant of the fact that wireless charging at when you're talking about 30 watt or 20 watt wireless charging it tends to heat up the device and that is something they didn't want but didn't you see a few weeks ago oneplus joined the wireless charging consortium and you only do that when one of your products is going to have uh, wireless charging as a feature they do, uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah the, the OnePlus 8 will have wireless charging because they cannot launch a phone in 2020 without it. Uh, but I'm just saying it won't have 20 or 30 watts. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I hope it does. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, we're at a point where they could realistically roll out 30 watt wireless charging and um, that would be as good as warp charge for them. So that kind of works out in their favor. Uh I don't know. We'll have to see. But um, I think with all these um, proprietary super fast wireless charging standards coming out, the Qi standard, the Qi consortium needs to step up and, uh, you know, bring everybody under a single hood, uh, bring some sort of standardization here because we're going to end up with individual chargers for every single phone that we end up buying. Yeah. Yeah. Qualcomm tried to do that, right? Several years ago, wasn't that what the all join thing was? Uh, yeah, Qualcomm. they're doing it with Quick Charge 4 Plus, but uh, yeah, it's not but fast enough. Quick Charge didn't get anywhere in the last 2-3 years. I mean, yeah. after 4 and 4 Plus, I mean, there are not that many devices that even have that now. I think all the 865 uh, phones are compatible. Uh, but I think they also support uh, some form of uh, power delivery uh, charging. I, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's all down to the manufacturers with yeah. Quick Charge. It's all down to whether they enable it. And most brands, at least all the Chinese brands, have their own tech, so they don't go for Qualcomm solution. Yeah, but I think uh, quite a few of them are integrating. Uh, well, are supporting USB PD fast charging now, so that's good to see. Samsung has made that switch already. Yeah. All right. I'm a little tired of phones for now. So let's talk about some video games. Have you guys been playing anything this week? Yeah, I've been playing um, a lot of PUBG. Don't judge me on PlayStation. And then uh, uh, a little bit of, uh, what's that game? Uh, Zelda, A Link Between Worlds on my 3DS. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, playing a little bit of older games as well. Yeah. Now, I was hoping to finish off uh, The Witcher 3 last weekend, and I still haven't. <laughs> There's too many side missions to get to the final mission. I sta- uh, Yesterday, I started the Bayonetta Remastered Edition, by the way. It's, uh, oh, nice. So, it's uh, I'm working on a story on that, and it's like after nine years, I'm yeah. getting to play that game again. Man, that feels... That game still Yeah, I finished that last year yeah. on the, on the Switch. Switch. Yeah, yeah. And I'm almost done with Bayonetta 2 on the Switch. That's one that I had never played. I, I never had a Wii U. Uh, but yeah, this week I made some decent headway into Pokemon uh, 
my i was looking at the library i have over 500 games on steam yeah so i should probably sit and just finish some of those off before i buy any new games near automata is an incredible game although it has some issues of the pc just uh, fix that before you playing the game okay get the mods yeah get the mods for sure okay okay we also end up playing a lot of overcooked though i was playing overcooked 2 yesterday with my wife and brother in law and friends It, that is an insane insanely oh. fun game yeah yeah speaking of uh, past time games i've been playing a lot of stardew valley oh yeah. man that game is just incredible i gave up on overcooked too though like we all ended up arguing too much i never started <laughs> playing that game yeah. you should see my wife and brother in law play it's like insane i think they're i don't know how they coordinate so well it it i just end up messing things up in the middle just to see if they recover and still maintain that coordination and they do i i, I don't know harish you kind of lost in real life so I expect you to be lost <laughs> in the game as well <laughs> that is true <laughs> and we're back um, in case you heard a bit of disconnection there that was windows being windows um, the platform where you can do anything and windows can fuck around with you whenever it wants <laughs> it just decided to restart on its own uh, so yeah that's that Anyways, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so where were we? We were talking about video game movies and how I saw Sonic last night, and it was not a bad movie at all. Um, oldest Sonic memories, guys. I think my oldest memory was playing on Genesis, and uh, the, my first reaction was how fast it was, and I mean, uh, it was completely different from uh, Mario, and I think. Uh, that game defined sega for so many generations and kind of still does yeah it still does i mean they're still remaking that game time and time again for every platform really milking that cow yeah i was not really a genesis kid uh, my first experience with it was on a dreamcast console set up in a mcdonalds uh, <laughs> for the new uh, sony game that had come out at that time and i remember it being quite a bit of fun I know Sonic games have always been a bit too hard for me. Never, haven't really finished any one of them. Um, yeah, Harish. Yeah, I don't think I ever finished one of them either. But I remember playing it on the Genesis. Man, that thing was insanely fast. And I wanted to know why that was. And there's a decent book on the subject. It's called Console Wars, and yeah, it breaks down Sega versus Nintendo. It's a really great read. If you care about, if you played these games when you're a kid and want to know the backstory. That's a that's a good book to check out. You know, so after watching the movie last night, I went back and did a little bit of digging, and this, I mean, I, for me, Sonic was just like a standard two D platformer kind of game where you're just collecting rings, but there is a very substantial mythology there as well, uh, which is quite crazy to see. Uh, we never expected that, did we? Yeah, chaos, emeralds, and you know, like there's a nice boss battle. Uh, Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah, Jim Carrey in the movie, and, and there's lots of cues uh, to the games. 
but I mean, I remember one of the boss bottle, boss battles, not the bottle, uh, <laughs> where uh, Doctor Robotnik pulls down a tapestry or something like that, and evidently that is part of the lore, and there is a story behind that uh, with chaos emeralds and stuff, which was new to me. I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Sweet. So, uh, while we're on the topic, favorite favorite video game movies. Or maybe like let's let's go let's make this interesting. What's the worst video game movie you've ever seen? <laughs> I think yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot never, of movies on that list. Yeah, there's never been a good uh, video game movie apart from uh, Sonic now. Or and, Detective Pikachu. And Detective Pikachu and Witcher, but Witcher is more like a show, so it doesn't count. Um, I think the one that baffled me the most was the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie and uh, Doom. Those movie I absolutely detested and. Very recently, the Assassin's Creed movie. That, again, that was completely off the source material, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I hated the Assassin's Creed movie to an extent I did not think was possible, and I generally hate most things. Um, I <laughs> loved playing all the Assassin's Creed games, and I was very invested in the lore of Assassin's Creed. And then they come out with this movie, and it was dog shit. Like there was no reason to make this movie. Because anybody who's, re- I mean, played the games and read through some of the mat- art material and all, it's not for them. So, I mean, and, and anybody who hasn't played the game wouldn't be interested in the movie. So, I don't know who the hell it was for. The moment I saw the animus being that robotic, um, I was like, fuck this shit. I can't watch more <laughs> any more of it. Hey, like, you remember the Mortal Kombat movie? That had that. some really cringy moments in it but that's a good like saturday afternoon sunday afternoon watch well, you know yeah, if you're into movies. 80s action movies yeah, don't yeah, came out in the 90s just suspend your brain and just watch that movie yeah. for the fuck of it i mean for entertainment i liked it and that song man how can you get that song out of your head <laughs> uh, talking about like really early generation movies like have you guys seen the prince of persia movie yeah yeah, yeah like if you wasn't bad though right i mean yeah if okay. you don't mind B-grade action adventure movies. It wasn't that bad. I think. People but hey, did you guys see the Warcraft movie? That no. was particularly shit. I, I did not know it. there was a Warcraft movie. There yeah. was, yeah, yeah. And they tried to promote it the Lord of the Rings way, and yeah. what they don't realize that Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings, and nothing comes close. Let's just don't even go there. Yeah. But they tried. There've been quite a lot of video game movies, like the entire Resident Evil series. Yeah, those movies I enjoyed. Actually, yeah. I enjoyed the first and the second part of Resident Evil. I After like that, it so I much. lost track, but the first two movies were great. The Silent Hill movie wasn't too bad. It I was kind of all right. Uh, Wait, there's a Monster Silent Hunter Hill, movie. Coming. Silent Hill was a game first? Yeah. yeah. They're making a Monster Hunter mov- uh, movie, yeah. Uncharted movie. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man was... So, a- Interestingly, like if I'm not mistaken here, the Monster Hunter movie is by the same guys who made the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. And it's also got Mia Jovovich, who's Uh, by now established herself as the default video game character (laughs) in a movie. I'm a little nervous though because Resident Evil has gone to the dogs, especially over like seven, eight movies now. I don't even know how many movies there are. But I like the first two. Those were really good. Yeah. I never really got into the games either. Like, the, there was something off about the about the player movements. Um, you should play the new one. It's a lot of fun and it's fucking scary. Yeah, that's not that's exactly why I'm not going to play it. 
Do you like horror games, Harish? No, not really. <laughs> I think okay. I ended up playing just one. I don't even remember what it was. Um, yeah, no, not a fan of the genre. If if you had a choice, and let's say you want a movie based on a video game, what video game do you want that to be? Well, Uncharted is actually a great choice because that game positions itself really well for a movie, right? With all those cinematic sequences and all that stuff that would be a great movie but that's more like a modern day version of indiana jones nothing new or, or i mean if you really want to stretch it the closest we already have to an uncharted movie has to be national treasure <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but what, i what, love those movies i like yeah. the first one yeah. what what game do you want to see as a movie soon i don't know i i would be really excited for an uncharted movie but um yeah i'm not really itching for i think the medium doesn't necessarily need to cross over there are two particular games that i want uh, to be converted into a movie and i think one of them is actually happening one being last of us because that's just a great action packed drama filled mm-hmm. game and i think i hope they do justice in the movie and the second series that i want to see as a movie just because it's hilarious is yakuza it's just fucking hilarious <laughs> I, i want a game based on yakuza yeah. sorry a movie based on yakuza So while we're on the topic of gaming um Microsoft revealed quite a bit more about the Xbox Series 1X and the fact that it is still quite a mouthful um 12 teraflops confirmed yeah how does that compare with current gen uh, PC <coughs> graphics oh well it's fantastic this is one of the few areas in gaming that i actually can talk something about so that is eight times as fast as the regular Xbox 1 and i think twice as fast as the 1x so that's like a generational leap forward and it's incredible when you consider the fact that these consoles will retail for under 500 dollars and you get this sort of performance right because when you translate it into windows i mean what you get with pc gaming you would not find a video card from nvidia or amd that will give you 12 teraflops for under 700 or 800 dollars and that's just the cost of the video card so the fact that you can get a gaming console with all the other bits and that kind of performance for under 500 dollars is pretty incredible yeah so i think uh, jason shreer from kotaku one of my favorite journalists ever yeah i think he mentioned that the that this is somewhat similar or actually more powerful than the uh, nvidia 2080 Six, 2060 2070 2080 is kind of aiming high okay um uh, I mean once you factor in the separate dedicated uh, ray tracing cores um I mean would you stay say that it's somewhat on par with those Yeah I mean uh recently a developer from uh, one of the studios uh, from the Metro series the 4A games studio he said and they make incredible games games but gays <laughs> oh my god you went in it you went in it yeah we need a there. we need a sensor beep over there no no let's just keep it there it was my mistake but uh he did an interview with digital foundry and i'm just going to quote what he said that you know he said that there are a lot of features that we don't know about the two consoles that get him excited and uh, this is the guy who made uh, who make who make the metro series he said i'm more excited for not yet publicly revealed things uh, we are fully into ray tracing dropping old school code power technically techniques completely internally we experiment a lot with spectacular res- results so far uh, of course he knows what the consoles are capable of but what this means is that 
uh, you know, with the new SSDs and the new CPU, the new GPU, you'll have massive draw distances, right? On the PS4, there's a 5200 RPM uh, hard drive and that limited uh, everything in terms of generating worlds or having interactions on screen being as responsive as it is on uh, on PC. Well, you know, it's not, uh, we haven't seen it yet because games are not made in that way yet. So I'm more excited about what the developers are going to do with their games. For example, someone said that, uh, you know, instead of having to draw only like a few meters of your environment, now we can just load the entire world and the enemies in those worlds real time. That's just great. I'm also quite excited about the ray traced audio. That's something that Sony is focusing on. And we talked about this last week as well. But um, I mean, once you have some decent audio gear set up, it's quite incredible how much uh, it adds to the entire experience. So, so that's something that should be good. But uh, really, like Sony, what's going on? Where are you? Uh, it's the console is launching at the end of the year. We have literally no information about this. I think they're just holding their cards too close to their chest and they're trying to be Apple, you know, try to keep everything a secret, but they don't realize they don't have a mass appeal like Apple. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just the fact that they're waiting for Microsoft to come out with all the details so that they can then tailor what their response will be. Because that makes sense, right? Because now with the coronavirus affecting the tech industry for what looks like most of 2020, um, Sony may not have figured in, figured out the final details yet. So it makes sense for them to let Microsoft take the lead on this one and see what the public reaction will be like. And then they'll come in at the end and say, hey, look, we're undercutting Microsoft here. Or but not. You know, you know what I've heard, like I read it up on 4chan, that uh, I just take this with a huge pinch of salt. And they said that they don't even have the final design of the console ready yet. Uh, it seems plausible with coronavirus going on and uh, the fact that Sony has remained quiet for so long. The only official information we have is CES and those two Wired articles and they are not even responding to Xbox. Um, sure, you know, like PlayStation has a huge following amongst core gamers, but core gamers do not make a console successful. You need the general people to know about the console, the guys who buy the console, console to just play one game a year like FIFA or Call of Duty and also use it for other purposes. But that's why PS4 was a huge success because it had mass appeal. PS2 was successful because of the DVD player. People didn't buy the console just to play games. They bought that because PS2 had a DVD player and it was the cheapest DVD player in the world. And uh, it sold millions of units. But the fact that Sony is not even talking about their console is getting me worried. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, I think it's come to a point where Microsoft's narrative is strong enough uh, that the gamers or at least the audience which follows console news is now not really in a position of, hey, maybe Sony is just waiting it out. It's become that you know, maybe Sony's a little worried on how they're going to position their console. Everyone's losing patience. I mean, I just want to see the console. I don't care about the specifications. Just let me know that it exists, that you are actually working on it and it will actually launch during the launch period. 
right now it seems like only xbox is going to launch on time and yeah. sony ha- seems like either they are on the back foot or they're waiting for xbox just have your own identity have your own plan and just show your console to everyone but hasn't sony always been like this though because i remember for the last generation as well sony never gave a shit about teasing out details right because uh, as far as i can make out they've confirmed that the ps5 will hit uh, during the holiday season and aside from that they don't need to say anything uh, in the past mark cerny has given out interviews talking about the hardware and maybe some of the performance features but other than that i mean i don't think they've never gone full out in terms of teasing their console right they've always played it very close to the chest the problem is that you know you expected sony to launch it at e3 or you know at some gaming event but they've backed out from everything from gdc from e3 from pax east all the major shows that could be the platform where they discuss more about the playstation 5 they're not doing it this is the second year where they are not doing anything at e3 and e3 in my opinion is a very important event where you need to grab headlines you need to show off your console you need to be competitive you need to be aggressive and sony not being there just means that they just don't give a damn and they have their own thing going on sure which is why i made that apple comparison because apple does, always does their own thing but sony is sony it's not apple it does not yeah have yeah i understand team. that it doesn't have the same cachet but i mean doesn't this add to the allure because frankly i'm more interested in finding out what the playstation 5 will be about once it comes along because yeah i like the fact that microsoft teased details on it months ahead of launch but i like the actual unveil there's no there's no such thing anymore in the tech industry right we know everything about a phone before it launches so for once i would like sony to just play it close to the chest and then just go all out, all out when they're ready to launch the console and then say hey look this is the playstation 5 that actually works in their favor a little bit i yeah. just hope they do it soon Yeah I mean I think the hype cycle is at its peak right now and uh, you know maybe like 8 to 9 months ahead of launch would be a good time to at least show us what yeah. it looks like so we that people remain money, excited man. we have to save money for the console right it takes uh, time yeah we're going to do that anyway but <laughs> although I, there are some other details about the series x that's that's getting me ex- excited for example it supports hdmi 2.1 which has support for auto low latency mode variable refresh rate these are things we see on pc not particularly on console that the fact that we're going to have low latency for input feedback and for video output that's just great uh, that's you know making it far more responsive than consoles have ever been and variable refresh rate is just a hint towards that we can finally play games at 60 frames or even higher which was not possible so yeah i mean the fact that you said last week consoles are reaching pc parity i like that i mean it's it's, it's a great deal yeah so, now let's get back to talking feature. about phones so that i can sound intelligent i, 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 I got a question for, for for all of you guys um one feature that you want from the next console backwards compatibility well you already have that with the xbox another one on ps4 i want that well PS4. yeah sure yeah uh, everybody wants backwards fucking headphones fuck hey. you you copied mine <laughs> that is exactly what i want yeah. the switch doesn't support it 
the PS4 doesn't support it is not that hard to support bluetooth fucking headphones yeah exactly especially your native sony headphones at least you can do that much yeah harish you and well they're already going to be plenty fast so i need more storage give me all the damn storage i can get and make it fast how much would be enough for you no well that's not a good question uh, for <laughs> regular human beings let's say 1tb should be standard on both yeah but do you think it's going to drive up the price of the consoles especially with those new fangled ssds that they're going for i mean it doesn't matter i'm willing to pay 50 dollars or 100 dollars more if i know that i'm getting a 1tb drive rather than look at upgrading the ssd later on so for me that doesn't matter because i know how much storage matters but in terms of whether that'll increase its mainstream appeal don't know we'll have to wait and see but anything under 500 dollars should be fine right for a console this powerful yeah actually like now that we're on the topic of uh, storage and i know we're we're already pushing the time here uh but hey so both the consoles have very highly customized hard ssds this time around um with the previous gen hardware you could realistically swap out the hard drive fairly easily uh an average person could do that that really might not be the case this time you, you know you might be you might have to invest in um sony branded storage cartridges or whatever uh somewhat similar to what i think the xbox one had the, yeah. the microsoft's own branded storage uh what do you guys think about that not xbox but that was 360 Uh, Xbox yeah, 360 yeah, yeah. but uh, Microsoft has already confirmed the Series X will be ha- will have NVMe SSD so you can use pretty much okay. all everything that's out there mm-hmm. so that's what I like I don't know how what Sony is going to do though oh, nice yeah. in that case Sony should also do NVMe because that just makes it easier right down the line upgrades yeah <coughs> they probably will like these are basically just PCs in a box at this point Yeah, I mean, what's differentiating them as consoles anymore other than the whole, you know, exclusivity and all those games. Exclusive Basically. games. Exclusive games make uh, can make or break a console, man. If you don't have, I mean, we saw with the Xbox One this generation they didn't have enough exclusive games, so people just opted to play uh exclusive games on PlayStation and even the third-party games. If you don't have great content, then your service console will not run the same rule applies for netflix amazon prime if you don't have great content i'm not going to subscribe to your service similarly if your console cannot have great exclusive games you're not giving me a reason to buy your console that's true yeah so uh let's get back to phones you guys have been using the s20 series this week um i haven't i'm sad about that what, what do you guys think right about now? the phones Oh, I, love sexy I love the S20. I'm using the regular S20 and I absolutely love this thing. I was kind of mad at Samsung last year because they didn't do a whole lot of upgrades with the S10 and they missed out on that whole high refresh rate bandwagon, right? But they more than made up for it this year. I mean, this thing is I think the first true upgrade we've seen to a Galaxy series in what 3 or 4 years. Um that 120 hertz screen is just magnificent. It is just insanely good and it works and the user interface one ui 2.0 has been optimized to take full advantage of that high refresh rate um and the screen itself is really good when i used the note 10 plus last year i was like how is samsung going to improve on the screen but somehow they managed to 
roll out these better screens year after year and it's just incredible there isn't a screen today that comes anywhere close to this phone i ex- i mean harish basically said everything that i wanted to say the display on this phone is the first thing you notice you will you probably haven't seen a screen this good ever on anything uh maybe a tv but on a phone it is just incredible you uh open up youtube or amazon prime or netflix i've been watching uh, the hunters and the details uh, the the color accuracy is just incredible the brightness is incredible the display in my opinion is by far my favorite thing about the phone um uh, you can keep everything aside i would buy this phone just for this for that display it's just incredible followed by a tv instead <laughs> i also like the camera actually because yeah. again moving along the same point where samsung hasn't really done much uh the camera is one of those areas right because the s10 largely had cameras that were unchanged from the s9 but that isn't the case this year finally with the s20 samsung is at a level where it's like on par with google and huawei in this segment uh in this category rather so yeah it's exciting to be able to use a samsung phone that doesn't really feel like it's lacking in any area i think the only thing i don't like about this phone is that glass stick finish <laughs> that is that word the glass stick finish at the back this phone is not a a cheap phone or even affordable for most people and when you're buying a phone above 50 grand in my opinion uh, your phone needs to feel like a phone that's worth 50 grand uh, you pick up a galaxy a51 and you pick up the s10 uh, s20 plus i don't know how the the smaller one feels like they feel the same and that's my problem that you are using the same material as your budget friendly phones and uh, selling a flagship phone with that kind of design doesn't work in 2020 uh S20 Ultra on the hand feels like a proper flagship phone and i wanted that design philosophy on the S20 plus and the S20 as well yeah i don't mind that at all because i tried using these phones without cases and i ended up breaking many of them over the last two years so now i don't use any of samsung's flagships without a case anyway so I don't mind. I mean it's still glass at the back, right? The A51 isn't glass, mm-hmm. but this is glass. Sure, they feel similar, but at the end of the day they're using all those premium materials and I don't mind that it may not have that same uh premium finish, but I I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly fine with the way it feels and because I'm using the regular S21st, I love the form factor. It is I mean it's not a small phone. but it is smaller than all other phones that will be launching in 2020 and that is a big plus but you know when i when you compare this phone's design to the s8 i just love the s8's design um uh, i don't know if you are fans of curves curved screens or not i like the fact this this screen is flatter but i would have preferred the back to be more like the s8's back or the note 10 for that matter yeah i think i'm in the minority here but uh... I really I mean while I really like Samsung's phones and I really love what they've been doing with One UI lately uh I'm just not a fan of the of the back design or at least the materials it just feels too icky like uh oily attracts fingerprints cuffs I I just don't think any of these feel premium enough 
Um, as I said, the X50 Pro feels more premium than this. The more yeah. you pick up that phone, you can instantly feel the difference. Absolutely. Something I'm like this. I'm handing both the phones to Dhruv right now and, you know, it speaks for itself. Yeah, maybe I'm just a fan for brushed uh, aluminium finish. Or brushed aluminium. Oh, heck, even solid colored polycarbonate, what Nokia used to do. Mm. Uh, that was really nice. Yeah, some of their older phones were fantastic. But I guess the design is subjective, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, now that we're talking about S20 and uh, <laughs> phones launch in India almost every other week, and we have two more phones co- phones coming up, the Realme 6 and the 6 Pro. They've teased that already, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. We're not breaking embargoes here. So, the thing is, uh, like last week, we're going to do another quiz. Harish, you up for that? Insert drum yeah. roll. Yeah. But this... Fine, I'll from, put the from, drum, drum roll here. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Before, hold on, hold on. Before your, before, before your prediction, hold on. Uh, let's just clarify from this episode onwards, we're going to just uh, uh, predict the cheapest price, the, the lowest price, not yeah. the highest uh, price of the model. Just to be clear, I think that's what everyone wants to know. Defining the rules here. Yeah, the rules because of the game. Uh, I think we were way off last <laughs> week. Uh, and this week, I think we'll just make sure that we pick the most, the starting price of the phone. Yes. And I am saying that the Realme 6 will be free. <laughs> <laughs> For whom? Anyone. You want a Realme 6, you go ask Madhav and he'll give one for free. <laughs> I did not know that Madhav's transformed into Oprah, but okay. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> so I automatically win this quiz. Shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are your predictions, guys? I feel it's going to be more expensive. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm hearing about it, I think the hardware will lead more uh, of an investment. So... Maybe like the six started at what eight triple nine? The five, you mean? Well, the five, yeah. Yeah, 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 something around that. So I think this one is going to be at least a thousand bucks more expensive. So maybe nine triple nine for the base price. Damn. Okay. Harish. Um, I'll say eight nine 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 again because eh, Realme has all the momentum. So I'm pretty sure they'll want to continue that. Okay, I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit more expensive. I'm going to go with eleven triple nine. Damn. Yeah, I have a, I, I think I have a feeling it's going to be more expensive. Uh, what about the six pro guys? Um, I think that'll be twelve nine nine nine. Yeah, I think thirteen triple nine. Fuck the man, best. you guys are taking all my predictions. Okay, I'm going to go with fourteen triple nine. I guess there's no other choice. We've covered all our bases here. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, if Realme decides to give these away for free, I win. Okay. <laughs> So as of now, Harish and Dhruv both lead. They're at 10 points each and I'm at zero. Uh, I hope to change that next week. Uh, when do we get our price for this? End of the year, man. End of the year when we, you know, like we've collected enough money, made a lot of money through sponsors. Like, and, you know, people Hit know us up, as, sponsors. People know us as podcast gurujis and stuff. Yeah, uh, I need to buy another 20 or 30 TV worth of hard drives this year. So please, money. The key word there is another. Hey, I'm at, has... I think now I'm at 104 TB. So by the end of the year, I'm aiming to get to at least 150 so that I can get the expansion bay and put more drives in there. No, but are you, are you 
filling up these hard drives right now oh yeah yeah uh, in the last two months alone i ended up filling like four four and a half tb in case you guys don't know linux isos both of these guys are data holders and they will download in everything on the internet it's a it's possible that they archive archiving the entire internet if they had it exactly the day the nuclear fallout happens the day coronavirus destroys the world you will come to us for all your media needs well you're five minutes away <laughs> <laughs> i will be the next next netflix harish flix ஜுனாலிட்டி <laughs> <laughs> I think Google needs to learn uh, from Samsung how to do better battery management with higher refresh rate displays. Yeah. How what what's it like on your phone? Uh actually I haven't seen. Let me check. Let me just check it right now. I cool. think it was around something around the same. Um but uh fuck where is it? Battery. I think it's uh where the hell is the screen on time? it will show up in battery usage yeah i'm looking at that man battery capacity but there you go i can't find it where is it fuck i hate these menus man <laughs> seriously <laughs> and oh that's how God. tech experts get frustrated <coughs> seriously like uh, in I mean, battery usage it will show screen on time like it has a big chart i have optimized battery usage showing up No no uh, you need to go to no, device care hang on Oh what Yeah that's where the device battery care? is right Yeah on Samsung phone Samsung mm-hmm. oh, there you go There you go so mm-hmm. where's the display And that's a date that I'm writing next oh. week Yeah I mean it's All around 2 right. hours So well i mean that does not look too good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay it's... but since your last charge you had uh, 2 hours 25 minutes of screen on time and you're at 76% battery yeah so i think 5 to 6 hours is a fair bet and i was watching uh, the hunters on this last night like 4 5 episodes so that's good yeah i think not samsung five, is episodes, winning here with the 4g only variant because it doesn't have all those 5g antenna and modem and all that nonsense to deal with so i think for once the indian units will get better battery life than the other regular global variants mm-hmm. all right guys so that's that's time for us uh, we've been we've talked about the iq the realme x50 uh, video game movies the PlayStation 5 or the non-existent PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series 1X and the Galaxy S20. That's been a packed week, uh, a packed episode. Uh if you have any questions for us, we'll take that up over at uh, the untitled gadget podcast at gmail.com. We're still sorting out our social media, so you know, maybe we'll make this a little easier for you guys. But if you have questions, hit us up. This was Dhruv, Akshay and Harish over at the Untitled Gadget podcast. Thanks for listening in. Music